A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is the Unplayable Podcast brought to you by MasterCard. On today's episode, we preview the first domain test against New Zealand. And here to do that, we are privileged to have Test Cricket's most prolific run scorer without scoring a half century. And he's also Australia's third highest test wicket taker, Nathan Lyon. Is that real, is it? That's there true. There you go. Thanks for having me, Sam. Welcome. Yes, uh, you over, overtook uh, Waka Eunice for that record. Didn't I? There you go. Both. Don't know if that's a good record to have or not. You've got close a few times. Yeah. Then tried to hit Mornay over his head. <laughs> Figured out that doesn't work. Well, we're here in Perth. It's hot, isn't it, Nathan? It is hot. It is nice and warm, but uh, it's pretty good. Looking forward to uh, a pretty exciting test match against the number two team in the world. So it's uh, going to be a good challenge for the Australian cricket team. Okay. All right. Let's start off with our MasterCard moment of the week. Nathan, what's your MasterCard moment? Uh, obviously, a lot of people would be pointing out David Warner, but I'm actually going to stick with the bowlers. Uh, pink ball uh, got pretty soft in, in Adelaide, and I'm going with Mitchell Stark for taking taking six wickets in the first innings. Uh, I think his, his, uh, his efforts have been exceptional over the last little while. He's uh, working his backside off, and he's getting some, getting some reward at the highest level. So Mitch Stark's is my uh, MasterCard. Oh, straight away. Crazy stat about that series. Mitch Stark took more wickets than Pakistan did. Yeah, I saw that. Um, there was a bit of banter going around on the bowlers WhatsApp, but um, yeah, it's good, good fun. He, he's worked his backside off. He didn't play as many games as what he wanted to in the Ashes, um, but he's um, yeah, training, training the house down and he's getting the late reward. All right, my MasterCard moment is the Brisbane Heat going back-to-back in a Rebel Women's Big Bash League. The Heat, they beat the Adelaide Strikers by six wickets at Allen Borderfield on Sunday in front of a packed crowd. Beth Mooney was named player of the match for unbeaten 56. It's not easy winning one BBL title, let alone two on the trot. Uh, makes it a little bit extra special, doesn't it, Nathan? Oh, definitely. It's an amazing achievement by the Brisbane Heat. So, um, yeah, no, hats off to them. It's pretty, it's pretty impressive to watch. And the Brisbane Heat have gone back-to-back. They were the best team all season. And in front of a sellout crowd... They have taken back-to-back titles. And I've got another MasterCard moment. George Bailey playing his last game for Tasmania. Shouldered arms, bowled first ball. And then he also bowled the final over as the Redbacks broke a almost two-year drought in the Sheffield Shield. So George Bailey, a fantastic, I think it was 19 seasons for the Tigers. Incredible effort from the veteran player. He's going to be a selector now. Uh, Nathan, you've played five test matches with him. All wins, as George will be quick to point out. Got a favourite George Bailey story? Uh, George is absolutely exceptional person, and his uh, the way he's performed for Tasmania and Australia has been absolutely unbelievable. And he's had a fantastic career. But my favourite story would be the Gabba, the famous Gabba Test match when uh, with his running with Mitch, uh, with James Anderson while Mitch <laughs> Johnson was was bowling. I was standing at leg slip and I could hear everything and. I just absolutely love the banter that George was able to have with James Anderson and it really set the tone for us the whole whole summer. But then for him to come out here and whack him 
over for 27 <laughs> runs, I think, here in Perth. So, yeah, massive fan of George Bailey. He's been exceptional for Australian cricket. And, yeah, hopefully just he doesn't drop me anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> 22 runs off the over. Make that 28. Okay, let's get into this uh, blockbuster New Zealand-Australia test series, the domain test series. Um, before we get into that, uh, Nathan, Pakistan, 2-0, clean sweep. What are some of the aspects that went well in that series? And what are some of the things, I mean, I can't imagine there'd be too many, but things that you guys want to improve against the Black Caps? Uh, I think what w- what went well for us was uh, our actually top-order batting. Um, I think the way the boys went and showed discipline and showed patience and were able to build some really big partnerships there, I think that's a positive sign for Australian cricket moving forward. Um, and one thing we can probably get better at, I think the bowling, bowling attack can also get better. Um, I think um, we're going well at the moment, but I think we can also strive to, to get better each and every day we go out there and coming up against the number two team in the world. Obviously, the Keys, Kiwis will think they're underdogs, but obviously they're number two in the world, so they have to be favourites coming out here. Um, so it's going to be one of those series where we need to uh, do the basics basics well for long periods of time and making sure that um, we're playing a positive brand of Australian cricket that we want to play. Did you just play the underdog tag? 100%. They, 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 they're the number two team in the world, mate. <laughs> I haven't won here for 34 years. Mate, they're number two in the world. Okay, number two in the world. Australia underdogs on their home soil. Uh, now, you sold us a couple of weeks ago that you picked out Marnus Lubbershane in the team song. Who'd you pick out uh, in Adelaide? Um, I actually sung a song out the back of Adelaide Oval, which is, I've never been out the back during the game. I've always wanted to go out the back. It's an amazing atmosphere. It's a fairly festive uh, arena yeah. out there, yeah. But, uh, so I actually took the boys out there and it was actually freezing. So I, I had all these little one-liners in, in my head to go perfect for it. But um, no, it, uh, only really, uh, it got too cold, so I cut the song quite short, actually, because it was just, freezing. Just the one verse but, this um, time? Yeah, no, obviously... Obviously, I uh, pointed out um, David Warner, his, his amazing efforts, uh, Marnus, um, but they're mainly just focused on the bowling attack to um, back up, to send the guys back in uh, and take 20 wickets on a on a pretty good wicket um, in Adelaide on a, with the, considering a pink ball and how soft it gets. Um, I thought it was a pretty amazing effort for the boys to back up and so really focused on the bowlers. And it's just not only tough on fast bowlers when the captain enforces a follow-on by the spinner. You've got to back up as well and you took five wickets? Uh, yeah, no. It was uh, good good to get some late reward but uh, uh, it's not as hard as for me as what the fast bowlers. I could easily sit here and t- say it is a lot harder and everything like that but... Uh, the, the fast bowlers seem to just single out one end. They want to bowl it, yep. and I have to bowl at the other end. So, it's, uh, I, I, yeah, happy that I was able to play my role. And and the future captain just had to put his feet up for a little while in the second inning, so he didn't really have to do too much. Who's the future captain? Paddy Cummins. Oh, right. He came out and said he wanted to be captain, so he's looking forward to it. He's so. the captain now. <laughs> future captain. Future, future captain, captain. right. Uh, and you talk about late reward because you had a couple of chances missed off your bowling in the first innings. Oh, I know you. no one ever wants to drop a catch or, or miss anything like that, but just um, how do you keep composed when those things don't go your way? Oh, it's about breathing and, and take the positive out of knowing that you're creating chances, I guess. Um, yeah, it's not real ideal when chances get missed, but... I see how hard the boys train all the time and they're always putting effort in at training to get better and obviously fielding at bat pad to me and, and, and at slip would be pretty hard 
hard job. The ball comes quite faster and not not much distance between bat and mm. bat and fielder. So uh, yeah, the boys are d- doing the doing the hard yards at training. So yeah, as long as I can see everyone doing doing the hard work at training and putting the effort in, um, it doesn't worry me about drop catches. I'm taking the positives out that I'm taking creating chances. Did you see? Did you tell Steve Smith to take a step forward? I have had that conversation with Steve, <laughs> but he said you don't know how fast you bowl, and so it's a pretty hard job. But can't can't complain of Steve Smith; he's taking some absolute hangers no, off me. Very good fielder. So. Uh, we're talking about the heat just before. I mean, looking at the uh, the bomb temperature is supposed to be thirty nine, forty, forty, uh, forty, and thirty two. I think over the, over the five days of the Test match, uh, how do you go handling the heat? Uh, it's a lot better than Bangladesh. I'll, I'll <laughs> leave it at that, but. Um, Oh no! It's yeah, it's going to be hot, but it's, it only gets hotter when you start thinking about it. So it's going to be one of those things where you just get in, get in the role, and get into the game of cricket, and just just enjoy the challenge. I guess it's it's hot. It's going to be hot for the both sides. But to be honest, we're going to be playing majority late afternoon. Yeah. So hopefully the the Fremantle doctor will pick up here and will hopefully sneak into up the stadium somehow, um, and and just get a little bit of breeze going around. But um, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty nice. So can't complain. Just the one test match at Perth Stadium. Uh, player of the match performance last time. Nine wickets for you, Nathan Lyon. What about this week? I mean, there's a lot of talk about cracks and pitches and being fast and bouncy, but it worked out pretty well for a spinner last time. Uh, yeah, I enjoy. I've always enjoyed bowling here in, here in WA. Um, you get some really nice bounce, and hopefully you can use the breeze to, to your advantage. Um, so... Yeah, I'm looking forward to going out there again. Enjoyed it last last year. Got a couple of spin as well, and be able to create uh, chances off both both sides of the bats. So, but uh, New Zealand going to prov- provide a different challenge for us. So it's going to be good, good fun and, and exciting times. You wouldn't have seen the pitch yet. Uh, no, I will tonight. No, but uh, I had a little look yesterday. A little sneak peek. It's uh, very lush. Is it? I, I imagine that's to keep it intact because if it's going to be so hot. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about this later on, but uh, that grass keeps the pitch together, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, and it also try and helps uh, helps hold the moisture in, I guess. So yep. it's one of those ones where you just want to try and uh, not not look into the pitch too far out, uh, like with two days, and it's obviously quite hot again today and tomorrow. So it's I dare say the QA would be trying to keep the moist as much moisture in as possible. But um, yeah, I'm expecting a pretty good wicket. Hopefully, it'll be uh, nice and fast and bouncy. Yeah, now there's probably no one better to speak to about pitches uh, than you, Nathan Lyon, being a former curator. A lot of uh, what's happened since that game was abandoned at the MCG. Um, what do you? Just how hard is it? Talk us through it. How hard is it to actually make a, a pick cricket pitch that uh, has that balance between bat and ball? Can last five days. It's not a stalemate. I mean, it just seems like there's no exact science because if there was, everyone would be doing it. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty hard because you're always going to piss someone off, I guess. Um, yeah, the batters are either not going to be happy or the bowlers aren't going to be happy. So it's a, it's a quite a delicate delicate task to make uh, sure there's a great contest between bat and ball. Um, <coughs> if you look around the world, I think Damien Hoff, the Adelaide curator, is probably the best curator going around. I think he's he's got it down to a T where you, there's a great contest between bat and ball. Um, but it's pretty, it's pretty hard, hard job. Um, I feel for the, all the curators around the world. Um, it's um, yeah, it's one of those ones where you, a lot comes down to presentation as well. Um, but and you get a lot of people um, having their own say on, on the on the wicket as well. So 
it's you, you're in a tough tough spot but uh, I know everyone would rather see a great contest between bat and ball and I think the best curators around the world are, are able to are able to uh, produce a wicket um, with that qualities in it but when you've got a, say you've got a wicket square five pitches right I think that's the same at, uh, at the stadium here what do you, how do you start out about preparing a pitch? Is it just rolling it, watering it? Then do you cut it? I mean, what's the process? Um, it's all about timing. Um, I haven't done it for nine years now or ten years now, so it's a little bit, little bit of time out of work. But for me, when I was making wickets in Canberra or, or in Adelaide, it's all about uh, timing. Um, the, the amount of water you put in there and the timing of your rolls, how hot it is and when, how much you want to cut the grass off. So it's all about little timings, depending on what you want to get out of it. Um, so it's yeah it's it's all on all on the watch there. So it's pretty. There's some you can make different wickets around the world. You can make obviously real flat ones, but with uh, you can leave the grass on top. So there's different techniques around the world. You can blacken them right up, which using a lot of water, or or you can just um, leave some grass on top and and not so much water or, or what whatever. So it's all about timing and whatever you want to get out of it. I guess it's different pitches in Australia compared to the subcontinent. I mean, you look over there. Sometimes they've got scissors and they're scarifying it, uh, taking all the grass off, and they become slow and spinning. Whereas Australia, they're fast to bounce with lots of grass on it. No, they're all all different, um, and that's probably the quality of the curators here in Australia is that we usually produce a brilliant cricket wicket, and it's not very toss dependent. Um, so I think you look around or look around the around the world. There's been some cases where it's um, has been toss dependent unfortunately and yeah. hopefully we can get away from that where it's a more even contest between bat and ball and it's not, not so much toss dependent but uh, so that, that's the beauty about playing cricket around the world and you get different challenges from all over the place so um, can't complain too much. Alright so what's it mean as a collective? Justin Langer said today it looks like it's going to be an unchanged 11, he said be a brave man to change the 11 the way the Aussie cricket team's going at the moment uh, what's it mean uh, for you as a player in that squad, knowing that you're going to have the same ten other players around you out on the field. Yeah, I think it, I think it's massive actually. I think you're able to build a very uh, close network without within the squad, um, and you understand everyone's roles in the side really well. We saw it a couple of years ago in 2012 and 13 Ashes. We played the 11 guys for the whole whole summer of the five Test matches, and and we got the desired result of five nil. Um, but I think everyone played their role and everyone knows their role, especially when you're able to get that back-to-back test matches. Um, it, it can be hard work with um, a few on the body for a few, especially the fast bowlers. But if we can hopefully stick with the same squad um, for long periods of time, then hopefully we'll be able to keep building to becoming the number one team in the world, which is one of our goals as an Australian, Australian team. We want to we be the best in the world. and. At the moment, we're, we're not, and we're, we're trying to get there, and we're, we're trying to get better each and every day to, to achieve that goal. And I think by having the same same 11 heading out there in the field, I think it's going to only help us to get to that to get that mark. You've got to start by knocking off the number two side New Zealand, right? Yeah, definitely. Underdogs here? No, they're definitely not underdogs. They're no, you're the underdogs. No, we're the underdogs. I know they're the number, number two team in the world. And they haven't lost a test series for a couple of years. Yeah, I don't think they've lost one for five years. Mm, they might have lost one series or something. It's been a lot. It's, yeah, it's it's been pretty impressive to be honest for the for the um, Kiwis. I think you look through their squad there, and and their side as well. They've had a, a lot of um, similarity throughout the whole Test side. They've they've given guys a lot of guys and guy a uh, lot of 
lot of their guys, a lot of lot of goes yeah. at at playing at this level, and I think they've formed a really good team throughout there. So it's going to be a great challenge for the Australian cricket team. But we'll as bowlers, we'll come up with our plans, and hopefully we'll put them under pressure for long periods of time. Past two years, New Zealand have played uh, 13 Test series, 17 players, and 10 have played in double figures. So they've got a pretty consistent 11 there. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that shows, and that's probably one of the big mm. reasons why they are number two in the world. That's right. Now, you're talking about some of their players. Kane Williamson, you've mm. polled sort of Tendulka, Coley, Peterson, some of the best players of the modern generation. What makes him so good? Yeah, and Kane's definitely in that group as well. Uh, I think Kane, for a long period of time now, he, he showed a lot of patience at the crease, and he's shown his class, and he's been able to score some big runs for, the, for New Zealand and in big series as well. So he, he's definitely one guy that we, we need to pay a lot of attention to. But saying that, I think we need to pay attention to all, all the guys who are walking out. I think throughout the whole batting lineup, they've got some class players there, and led by Kane, I think he provides a really very stable um, ba- balance for, the, for their side, especially as captain as well. Um, so, yeah, I think he's, what, number three in the world, is he? Yes. Um, so, yeah, I think I think he's obviously their, their key batsman, but uh, I don't think we can take anyone else too lightly. And, you know, with someone like Virat Coley, uh, one tactic is to say nothing, another one is to go after him a little bit, just a bit of friendly banter on the field. Is there any way to unsettle him? He just seems like a really cool, calm customer. <laughs> I think Kane's one of the nicest guys I've ever played <laughs> against, so it's actually quite hard to go at. But I don't think there's any need to go go at, at Kane or pretty well any of the Kiwis. They're, they're all lovely guys, but I think we need to stay to play in Australia's way and I think we need to um, play a positive brand of cricket here. And Obviously, we, we respect New Zealand very highly and obviously, the, as I said, they're number two team in the world, so they probably... They deserve that respect, but um, we need need to make sure that we're focusing on what we need do as Australian cricket team, and hopefully we'll put that in practice. Said all the Kiwis are nice guys. What's the difference between playing New Zealand and other Test nations? I mean, you guys are trans-Tasman neighbours, but uh, what's it like playing against the Black Caps? Oh, it's always quite competitive. You always see when when uh, Australia played New Zealand in other sports, whether that's netball or, or rugby union or something like that, everyone seems to switch on the TV and watching and, and barrack for the Wallabies and we haven't had much success lately but um, <laughs> obviously it, the rivalry between New Zealand and Australia is definitely quite high and obviously with our history with the Anzacs and, and everything like that it's pretty it's pretty special to play against New Zealand so um, yeah it's going to be another great exciting summer 30 wickets in 7 games for you against New Zealand 24 of those in 5 wins something about New Zealand that uh, goes well with you? Um no, I don't know about that. I think I've been very fortunate. I've played with some very good bowling tacks and I've just been able to have a, a day out here and there. But um, I think it's I think it's just about going out there and, and playing my role within the Australian cricket side and enjoy being part of this pretty special bowling tack. In my eyes, that's probably the best bowling tack in the world, especially especially with the big three quicks running out there. It's pretty special to walk out there behind those guys. New Zealand got a pretty handy fast bowling attack as well, led by Trent Bolt. Still unsure if he's going to play this test match. What kind of blow would it be to New Zealand if he didn't uh, turn up for that first game? Oh, I think it's a massive blow. When you've got someone of Bolt's class um, under an injury cloud, obviously you no doubt he'd be doing a lot of work with all their medical staff and trying to get fit and making sure that they're up. But his record speaks for his own. I think he's about number six or number seven in the world in, in the bowling ranks and it just shows his class. And 
Um, so yeah, obviously it'll be a big loss for New Zealand, but um, obviously we've got to prepare that he's going to be there. We don't, we're not sure where he is on the fitness side of things, but um, yeah, obviously world class player, and you and you want to play cricket against the best players at all all chances you're able to get, and he's one of those guys. And Mitchell Santner, he's their uh, finger spinner, as a fellow finger spinner. What do you like about him? I think the way Mitch has uh, been able to form his own career in in, in pretty difficult uh, conditions. Bowling hit uh, either New Zealand or Australia are pretty similar, so it's pretty hard to be a finger spinner out here and, and be able to succeed. So I think Mitch, and he's all round cricketer. He, he's an unbelievable fielder, and his his batting seems to be improving out of sight as well. So he, he's definitely another guy that we need to pay a lot of respect for. He he does a great job for the New Zealanders, and so fingers crossed we can get on top of him. Doesn't seem like there's too many weaknesses in this Black Caps lineup, mate. The number two in the world. That's there for a reason. Exactly, exactly. For, for a reason. Now, uh, saw some centre wicket practice on Monday at the Wacker. You guys are training a lot of the Wacker, not so much at, at the stadium. Any reason behind that? I, I think the um, just the opportunity to be out in the middle of the Wacker and get used to the the pace and the bounce of a, a wicket. We're, it's going to be pretty similar. Only, only a couple of hundred metres away from each other, so it's going to be pretty similar. It's just pretty important that we're able to get some centre wicket practice. It's it's pretty hard to replicate. Um, playing a game of cricket in the nets, and you can get a lot of volume. But it's, I'm no batter, but it, it, Josh Hazelwood and myself batted out in the middle of the wacky yesterday. It just felt a little bit different to a normal net session. So it's pretty pretty special that we're able to train it on a world class venue. So yeah, no, it's pretty amazing. So hopefully we'll be able to do it again today. You and Hazelwood faced David Warner out there. Can you describe your duel with him? Uh, well, David seems to get new ball. He bowls two balls with it. And if it doesn't swing, he gets another new ball. So, yeah, no, obviously Davey's Davey, and he's always quite competitive. But um, I know he put a video of him bowling Josh and myself up in the up on the WhatsApp group. But um, Josh and I haven't put up a video of how many times we get him out in the nets <laughs> either. So we'll let him go. He's on a high at the moment, so we'll just let Davey do his Davey stuff and. Obviously, he's got 335 reasons, or 334 reasons, isn't it, to, uh, <laughs> to be very careful with what, what he does. So, Before we get onto that, how's, <laughs> how are the celebrations from him? Uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing to see the bow. It's pretty special. That's I mean, no, no, not the, not the, t- the batting innings. The net's the other, in the oh, centre wicket. Just carry on. I was waiting for him to bow and, and, and do the Toyota Hilux jump that he likes <laughs> to do it after every 100 he gets. So That's Davey. Did we the, don't carry on when we get him out there. Did we the, don't need to. Did the, uh, the, the missing run get brought up? <laughs> no, it hasn't, hasn't been brought up, but uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing, that, isn't it? When you run 21Ks or something like that like during that innings, I think... A uh, little, little one step. He was over the line. That's a, that's a legal delivery if it was a bowler. I think he just didn't touch down. Yeah, no, he, he deserves 335. It's pretty special innings. Um, that's probably taken, like taking seven or eight wickets in an innings, so pretty happy for him. <laughs> Just seven or eight winning. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's only been ten. This is the tenth best score in Test history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's got to be a nine for it, doesn't it? Eight max. Eight max. What do you reckon as bowlers? Jeez, yeah, hard taskmaster. Especially yeah. when the ball's so soft and it's not moving. That's fair enough. He did have a life too. Yeah, exactly. Does, yeah. does that count? Yeah, so there it takes back down to seven. Don't count the drop catches off your bowling. Uh, now, well, there's also some. Uh, some of the guys posted some uh, videos on social media about a uh, team room um, oh, antics. Uh, the bit of antics, bit of uh, team room cricket there. I mean, these guys play all around the world 10 months of the year. Don't you think they've got enough cricket? No, did you see the three guys playing it though? 
I was going to. My next question was, who were who were the biggest nuffies? Because it was Smith, Payne, and Labuschagne, right? Yeah. So you you got Smithy, who loves the game. He just wants to bat the whole time. Then you got Payne, who thinks he's pretty good at everything he does. And you got Loose Bus Change, who just absolutely lo- loves it. So. We all got to the training the next day and they all started complaining how sore they were from bowling. So the boys, the big fast bowlers, are pretty pretty impressed. Not, pretty, not impressed with their comments about how hard it is to bowl, but then they go to training and come back and bowl in, in the team room for two hours to each other with a plane with a with cricket bat. Wait, who was complaining about being sore? Payne, Payne and Smithy. What, bowling in the team room? Yep. <laughs> Taped up tennis ball and they were complaining how sore they I think their Payne's left, left glute was a bit sore from bowling and getting over his front leg when he was bowling. Are those three the top nuffies? Is there anyone else that rivals them? Oh, to be honest with you, I think we're all nuffies. I think we all love the game, but there's just some people who, who won't admit it. Like, <laughs> um, you look at Davey, he's, he thinks he's too cool for... For cricket, sometimes, um, but we all we're all nuffies. Like we all love the game, and we all want to play it. Like even we all watch it all the time. Even Mitch Stark, like say Mitch Stark during the Shield game, he'll go down and watch a women's BBL that night and even commentate on it. That's true. So like we're all nuffies. He's he's trying to learn about the game as well. And, and you're right though, because some people say no, I don't watch cricket. Yeah, we all watch it. We all we're forever getting a, a WhatsApp message saying, "Did you see that wicket?" And maybe India versus West Indies, whatever that may be. Um, so we're all we're all we're all over cricket. We're all nuffies. So there's not not one person who can say they're not a nuffy. Who's the Who's the player that knows their stats the best, though? Oh, Paddy, Paddy Cummins. He knows his stats and he knows how many how many games he needs to play and take how many wickets to make sure he's a leading wicket taker of all time. Is that right? Yeah. Has he got that figured out? He's yeah, got a fear yeah. to go. I mean, he's not chasing Morley, is he? No, no. I think he's chasing Warney, though, to be honest. I think he wants to be the number one Australian player. So, I think he's worked it out. He's you only just got to... 100. Yeah, yeah. I know that. I know that. I, oh, I know how hard too. it is. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it's great to see Paddy knowing his stats. And he's a little bit disappointed that some days he doesn't get the new ball. And some days he obviously does. But that's that's a... Jewel of the fast bowlers, I guess, isn't it? Well, if he does become the future captain, as you've uh, exclusively revealed here, he'll be able to give himself the new ball. Yep, yep. And I don't think anyone else will be bowling from that end, I don't <laughs> think. But, uh, yeah, obviously, he's pretty special to have a player like Pat's ability in our side. So I'm taking the mickey out of him a little bit, but uh, it's all, all in good fun. And I was going to say, the way you're speaking about Paddy and your teammates, it just sounds like the vibe around the group is really strong at the moment. Oh, yeah, and I've said this before and I said it a little while ago, it's probably the closest team I've, I've been a part of, the, the mateship that's floating around and the genuine care for it. everyone's there and we all want to see each other, each and everyone do really well. So it's pretty special and like when guys have massive milestones like Davey did last week and, and the week before, along with loose bus changes, it's pretty, it's pretty uh, special to be a part of that. I guess one of your milestones you're after now is getting that 50. Yeah. Or do you want to keep the record? Yeah, more just keep the record. See, see how long I can keep that record for. So if, you, if I get the 49 Sky, you'll know why. <laughs> uh, I think that's it. I think we're done for this week's episode. Thanks, Nathan. Too easy. Thanks for having me. That is this week's episode of the Unplayable Podcast brought to you by Mastercard. We'll be back next week to wrap up the first domain test in Perth. But while you wait, why not rate, review and subscribe to the Unplayable Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to get all your breaking news, live scores and video highlights from cricket.com.au and the CA Live app.
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.